0: Show me your way one day at a time.
1: time. Give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. We have a few written requests tonight. Uh, we want to remember Brother Jewel, for in our prayers, uh, had a stroke, and I'm not sure uh, where he's at at this point, but God knows, so let's just continue to remember him in our prayers. Brother Ron and Sister Veronica, Sister Carol, she's uh, over her bronchitis pretty much, but she's still not feeling well, so let's just remember her in our prayers tonight. And I'm sure there's other needs. If you just make those known by an uplifted hand, God sees what we have need of in this service tonight. He's very mindful. Amen. Amen. Brother Jonathan, would you come with us in prayer?
2: Amen. Amen. We're happy this evening. Amen. To be in the house of God, to be able to worship him another opportunity. Amen. Let's just say a prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord. Lord, what a day, Lord. What an hour that we live in, Lord. Lord, though the world, Lord, turns against you more each day, Lord, to be a part of a bride, Lord, that is looking to you more than she ever has, Lord. Depending upon you, Lord, depending on your moving, depending upon your wisdom, Lord, your guidance in everything that we do. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to come down and be a part of us tonight, Lord, and worship alongside of us, receive praise, Lord. Receive our thanksgiving, receive our love. Lord, we ask you, Lord, for these needs, Lord, these requests. Lord, each and every one, Lord, is so unique, so special. But, Lord, nothing's too great for you. And, Lord, we ask you, Holy Spirit to go visit each and every one tonight, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to move in a special way, Lord, tonight. Lord, to touch the needs of your people, Lord, to raise them up off the beds, Lord. Raise them out of depressions, Lord. Give them joy. Restore unto them so joy, Lord. Lord, be in this service. Touch Brother Mark and the musicians, Lord, and touch Brother Ben as he would come to preach, Lord, and anoint his mind, anoint his soul, Lord, to speak down to our very hearts of what we have need of. Lord, we ask, Lord, and we expect you to come on the scene. Lord, even now, Lord, we're asking, Lord, to come take preeminence in this service, Lord, to come move upon our hearts, walk down the aisles. Touch us in a very fine way, Lord, and lift us up into your arms, Lord. And Lord, we love you, and we praise you, and we welcome you. In your lovely name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.
1: Let's sing together to make you see.
0: Well, I am weak, but thou art strong, oh, and Jesus keep me from all.
1: how we desire just a closer walk with the Lord tonight. Amen. I know I do. Amen. Let's sing this.
0: Well, living below in this so sinful world, there is hardly a comfort can. Drive.
1: lord i may have said this if i did forgive me for repeating it but i saw a headline a few days ago and it said that 40 million people have stopped attending church in the last 20 years oh, wow that's astounding but all you have to do is look around to see that that's true you can tell people have walked away from the lord and walked away from god they're just out trying to make it on their own and uh, feel that thirst that they have with something else but it's God really calling them tonight. Amen. We need to be in prayer,
0: don't we? Oh, yeah, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh, we have the victory. Yes, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, all the demons need- We'll have victory in the name of authority of God's holy word I will rise up and take my hand I'm a blood
1: rise up and take our stand
0: yes, amen let's you thankful
1: that you can testify that tonight the greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world we'll let you have your seats tonight and we'll have our ushers uh to come and receive the offering for this service tonight you just give to the lord and he'll bless you i know we got our meetings coming up not this weekend but next weekend all right don't get confused because you got a song leader don't know what he's saying half the time just remember next weekend is the meetings with brother tim pruitt and we're looking so forward to having him with us, and we're sure we're going to get blessed. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this. I haven't sung this chorus in a while, and the said I never sung it, but uh, I think I did about two years ago, so that's close to never, I guess, but here we go. Let's sing this. Oh, let's try it G. G. Listen to the words of this chorus.
0: So let us walk on into perfection. Lord, don't let us lag behind. Let our souls be stirred by the living word of God. The Holy Ghost will make us perfect as we walk in the light that shines. Perfection For we're running out behind. Let our souls be stirred by the living Word of God. The Holy Ghost will make us perfect as we walk in the light that shines. Let us walk
1: there's words the truth let us walk on into perfection lord don't let us lag behind but let our souls be stirred by the living word of god the holy ghost will lead us perfect as we walk in the light that shines let us walk on into perfection we're running out of time amen if i'm not mistaken um, a sister from our uh, church back home, wrote that song years ago. I could be wrong about that, but I think yeah. she did. Sister Betty Roberts, I believe she wrote that song. Uh, wow, what a revelation, the Lord, gave her on that. Yeah. And uh, today, I think, is Sister Amber Golden's birthday, so I want to wish her a happy birthday. She's not with us, but maybe she's streaming tonight. Yeah. We want to wish her a happy birthday. Amen. Yeah. Sister Audrey, would you have something to sing for us tonight? If you want to go ahead and make your way up tonight. We'd appreciate Amen. it. <laughs> She had that look like she knew it was coming. And we desire that tonight. I want more of his presence. Amen. You know, uh, I love my wife so much because she helps me. She's the part of the brain that I have missing. And she she just recalls things that I can't recall a lot of times. We really need to work on our directory. (laughs) Because that's the only way I know it's somebody's birthday. I'm sitting here looking at it, and it's right in front of me. And I almost missed my favorite daughter-in-law's birthday. <laughs> She's having a birthday tomorrow, so let's wish Sister Kaylee happy birthday tonight, wouldn't you? <laughs> I knew it all along, but it, I have to have it in front of me, or I just, it just—it takes off somewhere I don't know where. Poor Brother James, he has about five birthdays a year because I have him all in the wrong places. <laughs> happy birthday, Brother James! <laughs> Amen. Are you ready for the word of God tonight? Looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us. Are you hungry? Amen. Let's stand together, if you will, as we invite our pastor to introduce our brother Ben tonight. Let's, let's sing this. in us sing G.
0: My vessel is empty, though once I had prayed. My soul is barren and dry, but somewhere flows a fountain. It's beyond this mountain, let me drink from the river. Oh, and Lord, feed your children as we stand. verse for so long
3: Good evening to you. Happy to be in the house of the Lord. Welcome to all the believers. We certainly appreciate you this evening. What a privilege and honor we have to be in the house of the Lord. To worship our Lord Jesus Christ in spirit and in truth. You realize that this that we call church, one of these days will be a fond memory. And I want to enjoy every bit of it. I don't know about you, but I love church. I love to go to church. I even like church's chicken. I love church. Church is good. Everybody say with me. Church is good. So we welcome each and every one of you. We love the Lord. I want to make this uh, announcement really quickly. Uh, It's been a a busy last few days uh, for myself and brother uh, Sam. And uh, our hard work is paying off. And we just would like to... Um, let you know what we've got going on. How many of you know of at least uh, a Spanish family or someone that works for you that's Spanish? Uh, the second, the second uh, most popular language in the world is Spanish. English and Spanish. So we've been working towards moving into the Spanish ministry for a little while now, and we've been praying, and God has provided and made a way for us uh, to be able to do so and send Brother Aaron uh, Pius to work with us, who is working in the translation right now. And the Spanish saints here are hearing that sermon translated to them as we speak. Well, we just have uh, expanded a new frontier of the church this week. Tonight actually is the first night. I'm very proud to announce that we have launched our first Spanish. Uh, live streaming so the services are going out on two players tonight praise God two players tonight so you need to get a card and give it to a Spanish friend and say listen we have the messages now in Spanish in our church you can stream it you can archive it or you can come and hear it live in the service so we thank God for that. So tonight is the first service. When you go on our website, we'll probably give you a tutorial here, maybe Sunday morning. There's two players that's installed on the web- website now. One is English and one is Spanish. In Spanish, you have, as we're preaching, is preaching, then you've got the translation with it. It is not a voiceover, so then we give our Spanish audience an opportunity to hear English and Spanish at the same time. And then when they come to the service, they're able to get familiar then with the way we preach and everything. So we thank God for that. And I want to say how much I appreciate Brother Sam uh, for helping us. Let's give him a nice big round of applause. He's been working very diligently with me in the last uh, few days, uh, endless hours. Today, we didn't, re- we didn't know if we'll be able to, but we launched it just tonight. So we're live streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, And every social media that's out there, the church has got an account where the sermons are going out on Google Play and Apple Play. And we are going to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're working next by the help of the Lord on our French. Um, So we're just praying the Lord will just send us a French interpreter. And then we'll launch that out because that's the third language across the continent. Then we will cover the entire world with English, Spanish, and French. So right now, we're very happy for all of the, the Spanish believers. God bless you. You can tell all the saints now they can get on there live. And Brother Aaron is whoever's voice is here in Spanish to them. So God bless you all. To all the Spanish viewers tonight, we want to say we love you. We appreciate you. We've got some listening right now, seven listening live at this very moment. God bless you and as the word goes out we'll we'll keep uh, bringing in the believers and being a blessing to them. We will have some signs and such like made uh, to attract some of the Spanish believers and we want you to know you're welcome here at this church. God bless you. So we'll give Brother Ben the honor tonight to preach in both Spanish and English audience on several platforms tonight. We certainly appreciate all of you. We love you. Thank you for your love and your support. If you see me going back and forth a little bit, please don't be Distracted by that. I'm still testing with Brother Sam back in the boot tonight. So I'll be working there a little bit. Um, don't don't panic or think, oh, these brothers are not. They, what, what are they doing? We're, we're working hard to make sure everything goes smoothly. So we appreciate you. We love you. We're happy to have Brother Ben. He's always a blessing. I love him. He feeds my soul. I'll tell you, he does. And I certainly appreciate him. It was such an honor to have him and Brother Jonathan in the meetings with me. I'm not used to having that. That was kind of a spoiling me there, you know, when we were out in the conventions. And it was to have him right there on the platform. Man, I tell you what. It was like letting a lion out of his cage then. And brothers were aiming in the back. So we appreciate him tonight. Are you ready for the word? God bless you. We love you. Let's just sing one more of that verse, if you don't mind, as we invite our brother to come. And you just pull in the word of God, and I'm sure you'll be blessed. We appreciate all of you. God bless you. For so long I have hungered,
0: No man could number The days that I've longed the be
4: to drink and eat from the waters and the table and the bread of life and may we just be so full and so satisfied and hungry at the same time amen blessed are they that hunger and thirst and yet be satisfied it's a really kind of a hard thing to figure out ain't it to be full and be hungry but I've been there naturally speaking I've been there I've ate and felt full by the time we get you want dessert yes I'll take an apple pie thank you very much Amen. I think it's about the same thing when it comes to eating spiritually, isn't it? Amen. We never really get completely full, I don't think. Amen. Sure appreciate the Lord, appreciate the opportunity to get to speak to the home crew tonight. And uh, you believers, we're sure thankful for the the broadcast. Greetings to all of the Spanish speakers. We certainly are honored to have you in the service. Now, if we could just get a translator for Hillbilly. (laughs) I think that would help us. I think we'd be in good shape then. Amen. Uh, Isaiah 64 and verse 6. And as always, thank you to Brother Joseph for allowing us to have the opportunity to speak. We count it a real privilege to be gathered here with you. And I just want to say how grateful I was to be in the meetings in South Carolina. And um, I was sure proud of Brother Joseph. If you didn't get to hear that message BrideTabernacle.com is where they'll have it housed. And if you get a chance to go back and listen to that Sunday message, I'm telling you, you'll be blessed. I was so proud to call that man my pastor. I was walking around the park like going, that's my pastor. That's where I go to church. I mean, he cut that log every way he needed to be cut. Beautiful job. And I really enjoyed the... Preaching of the word of the Lord. And lives were affected, people were blessed, and I was grateful to see it all. And uh, we certainly thank the Lord. We're back on the road now. Amen. Going to keep it hot probably until Santa Claus comes down the chimney, something like that. Amen. And, uh, and uh, we, we trust you'll pray for us and hold us up before the Lord. And of course, school's back in session. It's always a busy time in the Norrod House when school's in. But uh, we, we trust that the Lord will help us. I want to speak tonight. And I'm going to ask you a question as my sermon title. How do I obtain his favor? In a lot of the travels and discussions and things that you go, I hear this more and more and more and more and more from people that, in one way, it surprises me to hear them say it that I just don't know how to get God's favor. I don't know how to, how can the Lord look at me in a way that's favorable? How can I get his favor? So I want to try to answer that question tonight to the best of our ability, the Lord helping us. Isaiah 64, verse 6. Now, let's just read this one verse and watch this very close the way that the writer Isaiah puts it all together. But we are all as an unclean thing. I just want you to say amen to that part first. Now, if we get that one right, we've got half the battles already beat right then. And all, everybody say all, of our righteousnesses, so not just one effort, but all of them, many of them, are as filthy rags. I don't think I have to tell you what that means. That's an unsanitary thing. Let me just put it that way. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Now the word here for for unclean means to be impure ethically and religiously. Now from the very beginning man Adam when he fell tried to construct his own religion. The Abraham said when he sewed those fig leaves together and made a covering for himself he was making a religion because religion is a type of covering or a form of covering. But even that is something that is absolutely contrary to the very nature of God. The fact that man tried to cover himself is contrary to the nature of God. God never intended for us to clothe ourselves. He said the bride made herself ready. He gives me the garment. He gives me the material. And he can give me the ability to make myself ready. But he never said I gave myself the ability to make myself bride. He chose that. And the whole plan was laid out by his choosing for me to become what I need to become. But let me be clear. I have nothing in it except for I take what he gives me and apply it to my life. Amen. Now listen to this in God's covenant with Abraham. Listen to these words. Brother Bram says, I haven't gotten to offer nothing. My utmost righteousness to yours would be filthy rags in his sight. So I'm a sinner to begin with. There's nothing I could do about it, but something he could do. Praise God. He took his son's blood and covered it over me like that. So he sees me a righteous man because, because... His son's blood made me righteous. There's a lot of people in this message that need to learn that quote. Because in their mind, they think, young people, this is the same. I'm just like you, raised on a message pew. They think, I believe the message. I believe the prophet. I'm in church, and I know what's right. I know what's wrong. And therefore, I'm okay because I, I go to Brother Jonathan's class, and I learn there, and Brother Joseph preaches to me. All of that is wonderful, but you cannot change your birth. You were born in a filthy condition, and only Christ can cover you with His blood. Let's pray together with the Word. Father, thank You for the reading of the Scripture and the message of the hour. Thank You for this audience and this time we have together. Bless the Word and give us Your strength to speak by the oracles of God. And may You move upon us now, Lord, and... Give us the heart and the faith and the spirit to receive. Lord, if anything we've done to displease you, cover us with that blood and make us clean before you. We repent, Lord, of all of the day and the week's indiscretions and what more, and ask you to forgive us and give us mercy. As we look into the things of God, we commit ourselves to you now, both speaker and listener. In the name of Jesus Christ and the saints said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. May the Lord bless you. I like church's chicken too. I would get that in there before I forgot about it. I'm saying, Brother Mark, it goes somewhere. I don't know, but I know. <laughs> Amen. We, we appreciate the Lord. Now, looking at a couple things that um, I, I'm now, Just let me say to you, I'm not trying to introduce anything really uh, brand new. This is some things that uh, you're all going to be acquainted with. But I want to try to uh, dig just a little bit into some of the ideas that we've heard uh, for all of our years in the message. You know, we hear on a consistent basis that righteousness doesn't come by us righteousness comes by the Lord and we hear those things again and again and again and thank God we do hear it but yet i believe sometimes there is a uh, there's a disconnect between what we hear and what we actually practice because when you look at the life of a child of God you look at an individual that is trying their best to live right they We'll go through the ups, and they have these great crescendos in God where, you know, these great mountaintops where everything is just wonderful and beautiful, and they're, you know, they're living in the glories of the Lord, and then all of a sudden they hit the valley, and they're discouraged and upset, and they start beating themselves up. I'm no good. I'm sorry. I'm this. I'm that. And if you go back and you really examine what it is that made you feel so low, it's the idea that somehow you can't be clean, or somehow you can't be perfect, or somehow you can't do it right. Now, you know, just as dying is a part of living, mistakes, faults, unrighteousness, failures, those human parts is all programmed in to the good things of God as well. Remember, the prophet said that he worked by a law of contrast. Before Satan actually became Satan, when he was Lucifer, he was created with all of the potentials to be what he was. And God made him in such a manner that he would contrast God and contrast God in a way that would bring out of God all of the things that was in him. He's a healer. He's a savior. He's a redeemer. He's all of those things. But yet without that negative side, it can't bring those things out of Christ. You're the same way. You can think to yourself, well, I want to be the expression of of Elohim. I want to be the expression of Melchizedek. I want to be an image, a billboard, a son and daughter of God that projects Christ everywhere I go. That's wonderful. Thank God for such a feeling. But you cannot get there except there be some sort of contrast somewhere that will bring out of you all of those things that lay within your Holy Ghost. Inside of you is the ability of healing. Inside of you is the ability of salvation. Even rapture is laying inside your baptism of the Holy Ghost. But it takes that negative part to express all of that in you. And you know as well as I do that whenever you get down and discouraged and upset and you feel like you want to quit or throw on the towel, as they say, all of a sudden something from within you just starts coming out. Uh, uh, Though he slay me yet I'll serve him and there's this that little built-in Encourager that lays inside of your heart that just won't let you give up. Thank God that lays there And yet at the very same time the balance between Finding how do I live right? How do I apply his word that I can be clean and yet let go at all the same time? It's about like that hungry and full concept. I was talking about a minute ago It is complex. It is hard to figure out because we as people are always trying to do something ourselves. We're always trying to put our hands into it and always trying to make it work. And, you know, I read my Bible and I prayed and we feel accomplished whenever we do things of that nature. We feel like that if we spend time with the Lord or spend time in the message that, oh, you know, I just, I'm so close to God. Now listen to me. You are no closer to God than you'll ever be than when you were born again. You're just as close to Him right now as the day you received the Holy Ghost. Nothing changes in your soul. Once you are born again, that is a permanent condition that no man can change that and God Himself can't even break that seal over your soul because God don't do something and then turn around and take it away from you based on behavior. But what we are dealing with is not necessarily your birth, but adoption. Your behavior a term determines your adoption. And when we are lo- looking for the favor of God, we're thinking to ourselves, well, I want to obtain his favor. I want him to look down on me with favor. I want him to look at me favorably. And yet we think, well, how do I get there? Well, how many books do I read, or how many messages do I listen to, or how often do I go to church, or uh, do I raise my hands this high, or this high, or do I clap this many times, or what do I do to obtain God's favor? And here's the thing. If you want to obtain the favor of the Lord, first and foremost, always remember that if your name was on the Lamb's book of life, He chose you according to His good pleasure. And you are a part of his mind, his being, his character, and all that he is in spite of what you may do in this life. If you were ever a part of him, you were always a part of him. You can't change that. Bad behavior doesn't take your name off the book. Woo! Preach somebody. Right. Messing up, making mistakes does not disqualify you from being the elect. It can affect your adoption. It can affect how God trusts you and what kind of responsibilities He will vest in you, but it doesn't change your soul. Who you are is who you are always going to be. Praise be to God. Now, looking for God's favor comes in many different avenues. A lot of times people want His favor just for healing. They want His favor just for uh, everyday grace or they want His favor to uh, bless their monies or bless their emotions or bless their relationships. And all of that is good. And we want God's favor in all the areas of our life as much as humanly possible and as much as God can give to us. We want God to look upon us favorably. But you know, the problem is the kind of favor we're looking for isn't necessarily like a human expression of favor. Because, you know, human favor, it has a little bit of a drawback in it. The Bible talked about a woman's beauty being deceitful, vain, fading away. And yet you can see it in, uh, as I've told you before, you can see it in many of the the TikTokers and all of the modern day social media people and some uh, man or woman or boy or girl be out on that thing and have millions of followers and have people chasing after them. Let one simple thing happen and the very thing that they were so popular and all the favor they had with people disappears overnight. They become almost a, a black mark in society a smudge on the paper. They're not even looked at in any kind of favor whatsoever. Hollywood and these people that chase after such of the Hollywood dreams and the Hollywood thing and the American dream even, all of that has an expiration date with it. It may be good for a season, but that kind of favor is only temporary. Somebody say amen. Amen. And we don't want that kind of favor. What we're looking for is an eternal favor that will follow you when you're up Follow you when you're down follow you when you're trending follow you when you're not Hello somebody the world looks at fluctuations market analysis marketers will spend a fortune Trying to find out what's hot and what's not and I am so glad aren't you? That God doesn't look upon your favor that he has for you based upon, well, now Pat read his Bible five times this week, woo he's red hot, he's trending. God don't look at things like that in the same way we do. He looks at our experience that we've had with him. First and foremost, it all comes back to our experience with God. The new birth. It was the first doctrine Jesus ever preached, and everything is based upon that first doctrine. And if I'm born again and you're born again, I've got his favor in my life eternally. But now where do I get in trouble at? Behaviors and things like that doesn't remove his favor, but maybe God just can't give me the kind of trust that he would like to give to me. Right, sometimes it doesn't come the way we'd like it because we have to kind of show ourselves loyal and faithful to the best of our ability. Yes. Now, listen to this. Uh, in works that bear witness of me, Brother Bram said, So now, friends, find divine love and favor with God. All right. Then God, if He finds favor with you, yes. will give His gifts into you. Yes. But first, find the giver. People are always seeking for some supernatural outpouring of God, be it healing or deliverance or some kind of thing in their life. And Jesus very simply said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, first, and all these other things will be added unto you. So what kind of favor do people really seek for? They seek for the favor of being able to uh, play and sing, or do something in music, or uh, preach, or uh, you know, run a church, or run a ministry, or be a blessing to other people in the in the assembly. They look for all kinds of favor that way. Instead of saying, "God, if I am nothing but a doormat, I want to do Your will and be at Your be at Your, your beck and call." Because real Christianity, listen close, is not about position. Real Christianity is not about placement. Real Christianity is about God loving you and you loving him. How many times did Brother Bram say they, they followed Jesus around for fishes and loaves? That's all they cared about. If God could bless ministries and God could bless this and bless that, oh, they thought Jesus was the greatest thing. But then when they looked at him and said, except eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. Oh, my God, he's a cannibal. Why, my God, he, he wants us to eat his flesh. He's a cannibal. They couldn't follow him in the unquestionable, the, 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 the questionable times. And God wants us to follow him in the times that we don't understand what he's doing. I've been in this church long enough to see when I know when the wheels are turning. That's good. Turn on, mighty freight train, turn on. (laughs) What we have to understand is the Lord Jesus is, is entrusting to the body of Christ everything he was. All that God was, he poured into Christ. And all that Christ was, he poured it back into the church. He's trusting every one of us to become the embodiment of all of his supernatural gifts and powers. But he wants to see, can I trust him? So the Lord will lay things in your lap sometimes. Opportunities, challenges, little things. Just to see, are you going to handle it this way or handle it that way? You know, many of the things that happen in our lives, a lot of it is God just simply testing the waters to see how we're going to respond. I want to be so in tune with the Spirit of God that the silliest things on the planet grab my attention. This might be the Lord testing me to see how I'm going to act about it. Because you know, friends, a lot of times people just don't seem to catch the moving of the Spirit of God. Amen. They think the moving of the Spirit of God is when everybody's going, Hallelujah, praise Amen. the Lord, glory to God. God moves in many different ways than just that. He moves in the troubled waters. He moves in the storms. He moves in the difficulties. He moves right in the middle of your test. That's why it's a testimony. When I get a test, I moany and I it. Praise the Lord. And all of that, God could be moving right underneath your nose. And if you're not spiritual, you will miss it altogether. That's why the prophet of God said them men in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, them apostles were so sensitive to the spirit of God. All he had to do was nod at them and they knew what to do. Because they practiced and, 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 and they exercised being able to wait upon God. Do you understand the society you live in is a society of push button, get it done yesterday. And if you're not five minutes early, you're ten minutes late. Push and rush and throw somebody almost like a manufacturing plant. The world wants to turn out uh, (laughs) little Bill Gates's and little Elon Musk's. (laughs) They want a carbon copy of great men so they can make money and great women so they can have great prestige. But when God deals with a human being, he will take years that are sometimes completely silent, in the dark, altogether out from the spotlight, to build up those characteristics and things in that person for maybe five minutes' work in the presence of the Lord. You go back and you look at some of the great men of God that have done things, women of God, Shamgar. He had such a quick ministry. It was over after one fight. We don't read about him ever again in the Bible. He takes his ox He slays all those men. The prophet of God said he, that he was watching them Philistines come over top the hill. said, look, walking around like big old fat potato bugs. Coming down to take his crops. And he said, the revelation struck him all of a sudden. I am a man with a covenant. And this is my land. God, give it to me. I'm an Israelite, and this is my property. And Moses, the prophet, said, anything that you put your foot on is yours. He run them Philistines out there, killed every single one of them, got within his sphere of influence, and we never hear about him again. But how many years in silence was God building up characteristics? Hallelujah. How many years was the Lord dealing with him to get him to that spot right there? And we look at that and we think, well, he didn't seem like he had much favor. God let him win one battle. But you don't know how many battles he actually won and lost until it was time to place him in God's Hall of Fame. Because that's what happens to you and I. Many be the battle and the test and the thing underneath the scene that hits us and hits us and hits. The prophet said it like this, trial after trial, test after test, trial after trial, test after test. But when God is going to hang you in the hall of art, you'll be in the very best condition you could possibly be. I can't think of a better example of people that's got favor than people that go through hell itself and come out on the other end still smelling like a rose. (laughs) Hallelujah! And yet we look for God's favor. This is what I was saying when I opened up. We look for God's favor in the little everyday things. We want that, but His favor is more of a long-term vision than it is a short-term one. There are times the prophet of God said that, that, that God will just go completely dead on you, completely silent. He said, he may let you sit there for years. No move of God. No real output of the Spirit. People will cry, Lord, you said you would never leave me, never forsake me. That's true. He won't. He's always there. Right? He did it. He is the one that's driving the ship. And now he's going to let you sit there quiet. Wrestle and struggle. You know, And when I see people that will often say to me, And I'm on the field in different places and they're, you know, right in the middle of something and and they're going through hard things and they'll say to me, I just don't feel like I can do it. I, I try and I fail and I just can't do it. I think to myself, you're losing right there. The very fact you are looking for something to help you be perfect and win every time is proof that you don't understand Christianity yet. Amen. Because God ain't looking for the one that can do it. He's not looking for the one that knows how to do it. Come on, somebody. He's not looking for the one that can execute flawlessly. He's looking for the one that will think God hates them and they still keep on serving him anyhow. Though he slain me, yet I'll trust him all the way through it. Friends, we're going to have to get this Hollywood idea of Christianity out of our brains. The real truth of Christianity, it comes down to one simple thing, endurance. This is a marathon, not a sprint. We're not one and done. We're not trying to run to the end of this thing and be done with it all. God is going to build us over time and over years. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah hundred and fifty-six times in the New Testament, the word "favor" is mentioned, and every time you find the word "favor," it actually means grace. Right. And what you need to understand is that God's favor is His grace to you. Yes, thank you. Amen. How many here feel like a failure on on at some point in your life ever? Yep. But yet you're here tonight. Yep. You, you didn't go join a website. No. You're not throwing off on Brother Random. You're not. You're not. Huh? You're still serving the Lord. You sisters still staying out of barber shops and things like that, right? You mean to tell me there's times that you feel like I am a washout? I have done nothing for God. And yet here you sit. What do you all reckon you're sitting here for? What am I doing in this pulpit? Because I feel like you sometimes. The reason I'm here grace, favor, grace of God, favor of God. Hallelujah. That's what keeps me going to the end of it. How do I know I've got his favor? He won't let me quit. Now, listen to this. Oh my. Life story. I'd rather have favor with God than have anything I know of in the world if I've got favor of God, I can serve his people. (laughs) Us leaders, we we, we know this to be true. Serving people ain't the easiest job in the world. Let me be plain with you. I love to preach. I love to be under the anointing. I love to take the word and watch the Holy Ghost go at it. And if I could do it without one of you here, I'd be the happiest preacher you've ever seen in my life. Because I don't have any problems preaching until I put people in the pews and preach to them. Y'all thought I was crazy, now you know I am, right? <laughs> it's wonderful to be in the presence of the Lord like this. The prophet in one place said a man is no closer to heaven than when he's in the anointing in the pulpit. I love being in this spot right here. And everything's flowing and the Holy Ghost is moving. It's one of the most beautiful spots to be in. Until you see a frowned face. Somebody distracted, they don't really care. You know, somebody watching their watch, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, on and on it goes. Or you hear comments from a service, oh well, you know, it wasn't really deep. <laughs> well, evidently it must have been so deep that it went right over top of their heads. <laughs> they don't care, they have no interest in the word, they had no interest in Christ. That's what makes dealing with people hard. And do you realize that a man that is of service to the people of God, if he didn't really have the right kind of experience, he would hate you. That's right. And you would hate him. Don't y'all look at me like a bunch of geese on the pond. You know I'm telling you the truth. Right. Right. It's the same way with your families. Right. Brothers are born for conflict. Yeah. As iron strikes iron sharpens steel and so forth. Yeah. Dealing with people is a problem. But how do you obtain the kind of favor you need to work with other individuals? First, you find favor with God. And when you realize we're all sinners saved by the grace of God, then you can have mercy on the people you're working with. It's contrary to popular opinion, we all don't figure it out overnight in one service. Sometimes it takes years for for the light bulb to and people to start getting things. You don't know what kind of curds and way is stuck up there that keeps people from getting down the road. Right. Come on, preach to me yeah. in a little while. Yeah. Right? You have no idea what's laying in somebody's subconscious. How many, how many layers a man's got to get through just to try to help them understand their position. Amen. It's a hard battle sometimes. Yeah. But how do I have favor with people? I show grace. Mercy. I would much rather be guilty of showing too much grace than judgment any day of the week. Notice this in a message from that time. You'll never be able to get anything from God and have favor with God, my brothers and sisters, wherever you are, until we fully obey the word of God. You'll make yourself miserable just half-heartedly approaching it. And so we can see from Brother Ram's own words that unless we are willing to yield ourselves to the Word, and what does that mean? We hear this all the time. Yielding yourself to the Word, full obedience to God, entitles you to the token. What, What does that mean exactly? It means more than just, okay, here's the list of the rules, and I'm following the rules to the best of my ability, and now I know what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do, so therefore I'm a good boy and a good girl, and I'm doing the good things that I need to do, so, therefore, I've obeyed the word. Do you understand? The real test of that is not obeying the word when everything is easy and you can understand it and you can do it. And God, rich in mercy, Brother Bram said, God's no's are just as good as his yeses. You want to test whether you're really being obedient to the word? Let God tell you no one time. And let that no be something you really want to be a yes. Woo! Come on, Brother Ben, preach it now. <laughs> now you're getting down to real material, real bride material. If, you, if God says, no, absolutely not. If you are fully obedient to the Word, something in you says, okay, Lord, though it may be something in me that wants this and I want this to happen, but if this is not your mind, I yield myself to your will to do whatever you want to do with me. The fact of the matter is, in spite of everything the devil can throw at us, real bride will accept God's no just as quick as they will God's yes. Because no is an answer. When you are looking for God's will, no is an answer. Hallelujah. And an honorable person that wants God's favor, they want to do what God wants them to do, even if he says no. This is where I've seen many single men and women fail. They meet some boy or meet some girl and they love them so much and they get infatuated with them. And all of the hormones and the pheromones are kicking through their body like octane, (laughs) rocket fuel. Yet that person is rotten for them. They have no business fooling with that individual. And you come by and you say to that person, you ought to get away from them. If they really love you, they'll listen to your words Though it rips the hide off of their bones. The first Bible commandment is honor your father and your mother. That your days will be long on the earth. I was telling my daughters the other day. Real honor in the scripture is not just being able to honor father and mother when you agree with them. Like I was telling my babies the other night. Honor is even when you disagree with them. Daddy, I don't agree with that. Mama, I think you're wrong. But if they honor you right, they will absolutely do what you say and yield to your wishes. And that's what true honor looks like. It's the same thing with pastors and and, and people in the pews. Everybody wants that pastor they can say amen to everything he preaches. Everything he does, amen, amen, amen. The second he crosses their huckleberry patch, The second something happens that don't necessarily, you know, agree, it's not agreeable, or they think that it looks in a certain way, oh, they ruffles their feathers so bad, well, I thought he was a man of God, but boy, he showed his colors. Someone sure did, didn't they? Because sheep know their shepherd. Amen. And real sheep are trained to the voice of their shepherd. They don't always have to agree with their shepherd. They trust that he knows the right direction. He knows where to take them. I'm sure that little sheep that had that broke leg sitting up on his shoulders probably didn't agree with that doctrine. (laughs) But see, that shepherd knew that the lions, the tigers, and the bears was way worse than that broken leg on his shoulders was. Honor God. Showing favor or grace to us is not just there when things are good. Have you ever been so sick you thought you were going to die? And yet you come right out on the other side. Look at the way you question yourself. Oh, does God even care? I thought he was a healer. I thought he would take this away from me. The very fact you came out on the other side unscathed and he's continuing to bring you out on the other side is a sign that his favor has been with you from the very beginning. Do you still fight? Yes. Will you still fight? Yes. Will you still struggle? Absolutely. But God's favor is he keeps taking you on the other side. Hallelujah. He keeps bringing you through trial after trial. Test after test. And bringing you through the other side. Amen. Even though you've had to fight and you got some battle scars, Yet here you are tonight still shouting the glory of God. Amen. Whether I go or whether I stay, as the song says, I'm a winner anyways. How do I obtain His favor? How? Trust His word when you don't feel like there's anything to trust. Trust His word, His, His mind, when it doesn't seem like anything makes sense. Praise God. Like I said, I didn't come tonight to bring you anything entirely new. But I want to drill this home until this changes us. I said, "Till it changes us. Because we need to know that in the worst of times, in the low times, in the valley times, God's favor is still with us. What did David say? Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know thou art with me. Praise God. Amen. How do you imagine them disciples felt when they would light the fires at their feet, Brother Jonathan, and all of a sudden the flames would start burning their flesh. And some of them would be screaming out in agony. The pain would be so overbearing. No doubt if there had been websites in that day, there have been people standing there saying, see, I told you Jesus was a liar. I told you all them old stories about building Father's mansions and houses and, and going there and being with you. Where's he at now? You see, what they didn't see is that those people were heroes of sacrifice. They were anointed to do what they were doing because the seed of God had to fall on the ground first to bring forth you and I. They were being planted. Hallelujah. Amen. So that it could reap out an omega bride. Hallelujah. That's you and I. That's where we came from. The very death that they experienced was our birth. But if they could have just panned the camera beyond the curtain of time, when that saint of God took its last breath and that brother or that sister saw that line coming to in a moment their life would expire. That next breath, when they're standing there in an 18 to 21 year old body in rolling fields of bluegrass. Hallelujah! God's favor carried them through to the other side. Now don't get me wrong, God can show his favor in many different ways. Faith will move God. But I want his favor to carry me not just here today. Not just in money. Not just in this or that. But carry me through plumb to a body change. And we're heading there as hard as we can go, little bride. (laughs) Hallelujah. Listen to this again. From that time, uh, excuse me, victory day. God, he said, remember, God has counted you worthy. When you have a test, yeah. now don't fail to get this. When you have a trial or a test, it shows the grace of God as you have found favor with God. Listen to these words. I read this today. I liked almost couldn't take it. And God believes that you'll stand the test. You see, this is why we're going to make it through it. Not because I believe it. Not because my faith will carry me through. Because God's faith. God's faith. God believes. Hallelujah. And when I open this door of testing to their life, when they walk through the threshold of this door of testing, I've got confidence. I've got faith. That they're going to come out on the other side. Doesn't mean you won't have battle scars. Come on, somebody. It doesn't mean that you won't have down times or times you feel alone. But God's favor, His grace, as I said 156 times in the New Testament, you can find this word favor and His grace all the way through it. His grace is what keeps you going. Look at this. Early this morning, before daylight, I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm just waiting on you to show me what to speak tonight. And he gave me a little preview of some things on Sunday, but I still wasn't getting the message clearly. And I thought, well, I kind of get it, but I'm not certain 100%. I just waited and waited and waited and all at once this afternoon, the Spirit of the Lord says, you know, here you've been doing all this work in here, and you ain't stopped and read your Bible yet. And I thought, oh my goodness, I, I haven't. So I went over to my nightstand, I pulled out my Bible, and went over and sat down in my, my chair and started reading. And I've been reading in the Psalms. I started a, uh, the first chapter here just a little bit ago, and I, I got up to chapter 5. And I thought, somehow I'm feeling the answer to tonight's sermon And what I need to get it together is going to be in this message, in this reading. And I opened up, my marker was put right there, Psalms chapter 5. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor, and will compass him as with a shield. I know I've said this to you before, but let me bear repeating, that God's favor to you and I acts as a shield. That protects us from the wiles of the devil. His grace is what keeps you from backsliding. What keeps you from giving up. What keeps you from failing. What keeps you from walking away. That grace, that favor is what shields and protects you. Look back on your life. How many times should you have honestly just walked away? Why didn't you? You had a shield around you. You had a shield of favor. (laughs) Glory to God. You had a shield of unmerited grace surrounding your life. That's why the devil couldn't rub you out. And that's why he can't rub you out. Because grace is like a shield around your life. No matter how much the devil can attack We are surrounded by divine protection. (laughs) No matter how mean a girl might be at school, no matter how hateful someone might be to you on the job, they may attack, but never forget you are protected. (laughs) Hallelujah. The world builds bomb shelters. We are protected with the greatest force that's ever been eagle feathers. Jehovah's wings—the best place to hide in the time of the storm. For in the time of trouble, I will hide them
2: in my pavilion,
4: in the safety of my tabernacle. When you thought you was going to quit, what you didn't know is quit wasn't built into your Holy Ghost. Woo! Hallelujah! You're not made to be a quitter. Psalm 30 and 5. His anger endureth but for a moment. This is a good lesson for us. When he gets angry with us, it doesn't mean he doesn't love us. When he's upset because we've done the wrong thing, went the wrong direction, made a bad choice, it does not mean that he's angry for keeps. As my Bible tells me, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night. Or a night or a night or a night. But don't forget, night does come to an end and joy comes in the morning. Amen. Remember, yesterday ended last night. Hallelujah. And always press to the mark of the high calling of Christ. What lays before you, not what lays behind you. Psalm 30 and that verse 7. Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. Could you imagine the writer saying this? God, you hid your face from me. You'd almost think a man would be afraid to say something like that to God. But he was doing what every one of us should do, be honest. Lord, I'm upset, I'm troubled, I'm angry, I'm depressed, I'm discouraged, I'm nervous. I don't know the answer. Why can't we be honest with him? I can understand not revealing everything you know to somebody else. But why can't we be honest with him? Why can't we just tell him, Lord, I'm a mess. And I need your help in this area. If you don't help me here, I'm never going to be able to accomplish nothing. But his favor made my mountain. I got curious. And I studied this out just a a little bit. I spent a little time with it, but just to give you the truncated version. A mountain in the Bible symbolizes a couple things. The first thing that it symbolizes is a place of new beginnings. You see, no matter how many times you mess up or fail or lose it or go backward or whatever you do, the moment you repent, that is a new beginning for you. Because God forgives us as though it never happened. So to Him, it's as though it's the first time. (laughs) So He makes my new beginnings to stand strong. The mountain is thought to contain divine inspiration. Why? It's, it's a sense of, it ascends up into the clouds, into the heavenlies which is a representation of the nearness and the closeness a person has to God. So he made my relationship, my nearness to him stand strong. Amen. Amen. Easter seal, Brother Ram said I would hate to try to go to heaven on my preaching. You know, that's amazing. Brother Brown thought it was a bad thing to consider him going to heaven on his preaching, yet everybody else is like, well, I'm going to heaven because of his preaching. That's his people depend on that very thing. Brother Brown preached to us, so I must be ready to go. It doesn't matter who's preaching to you. You've got to have a revelation. You've got to be inspired. You've got to be born again. You've got to have all of those supernatural things that make what these men say to you live. Biggest problem people got, friends, they ain't got the Holy Ghost. They got a lot of religion. They got a lot of covering, man-made covering like Adam. They're trying to find favor in every other way except for just bearing their heart to God and saying, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Preachers and all. You heard me right, preachers and all. There's some preachers around this message need to get born again. Sure, they've learned how to do things mechanically. But mechanical ain't got nothing to do with getting ready for the rapture. Amen, he said you can have the car with a Simonized job and puncture-proof tires and everything, but if they ain't no dynamics, it won't go. <laughs> Amen, that's right. Oh, hallelujah. hate to try to go to heaven on my visions and yet return ministry people and those folks, that's exactly what they're trying to do. Trying to go to heaven on his vision, his tent vision. Glory to God. I know I come from that movement when I was a boy. Glory to God. One of these days, Brother Brandon's going to ride that trail again. Well, good for you and him and everybody else. But if I ain't born again, he'll just ride right on past me. And if Brother Brown did come back, God helped many of these people in this message. They wouldn't want Brother Brandon back right now. He would wear them out. He'd turn them every way but loose. Come on, preach to me. Sure he would. Huh. See him making merchandise out of the message and everything else. He said, "I'm going to heaven because I hold His grace in my heart." Well, brother, Brad felt that we should feel that way. (laughs) Praise the Lord! Now, watch this. In Luke chapter one, verse thirty, the angel said unto her, "Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God." Now, I'd like to ask you a question: Uh, What did she do to earn that? Let's see. She was born. She was a virgin. A virgin shall conceive. I can't really think of anything else she accomplished. She wasn't a prayer warrior. She didn't go into the synagogue and teach daily. She didn't wash saints' feet. None none of this action had ever happened. Brother Bram said she's about a 16-year-old girl, roughly. And there she was, walking along, minding her own business, going about her day. And the angel of the Lord said, you, you have found favor with God. I imagine she probably looked at him about like we look at the pastor sometimes when he tells us we're bride, we're elected, and we're getting ready to go out of here in the rapture. What? Me? you talking to me? Oh, you say she didn't. The Bible said she stopped and looked back at him to wonder what kind of salutation is this? It's about the way we do it sometimes. God will tell us how wonderful we are, how elected we are, how ready to go out of here we are. And we, who, what what what's he preaching to me? He's trying to preach into a body change, friends. <laughs> Amen. Watch this in the Hebrews series. He said, Now what you do is not accepted. Hmm. It's what he done. Your own righteousness won't be accepted. Romans chapter 10 verse 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Look at this word righteousness. It means the condition acceptable to God. Well, what does that look like? What is God's acceptable condition I need to be in? What does that look like? How many books do I need to read? How how much money do we have to give in the offerings and the tithing and the missions and what more? How good of a boy do I have to be to be acceptable to God? What does that look like? I guarantee you start asking people around this message what they think the condition is. You'll hear, believe Brother Ram's a prophet, go to church, live right, dress right, and all these other kind of things. And they jump right over, they pole vault right over the main thing that makes you acceptable to God. Do you know what that is? Faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith is a long-range vision. Faith is not, I come to the altar, I felt a chill, and then next week I had a trial. Oh, I might as well give up. Faith is, give up? I haven't even got started yet. I got a whole mountain he's trying to make strong out there. (laughs) I gotta keep climbing and striving and fighting until he puts me at the top of the pyramid. They establishing their own righteousness. You, you know how that looks. You know, I I, I knew this fellow from Canada a number of years ago. He's dead now. Women are not allowed to wear red. Because red is a sign of adultery. He preached this in his church, believed it with all of his heart. Well, I was close to this brother. He was a nice brother. He's a nice man, but sometimes we'll get mixed up. His people come to me one afternoon, sitting there at at, at dinner, and we were talking, and they said, Brother Ben, we love Pastor, but we don't understand this. What is your opinion of it? I said, well, I love him too. He's a good friend of mine, but like I've said to him, it sounds to me like he needs to get out of the Scarlet Letter and get into the Bible and read that for a little while. As the only place red was an adulterous thing was in the story, of the scarlet letter. But you had to wear the scarlet A. Y'all looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. You do. You just don't want to tell it out loud. Right. But what is that? Establishing your own righteousness. When you hear people in this message dictating and micromanaging the way people dress and live and work and act and behave, don't you know what that is? Establishing their own righteousness. Amen. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Be found in him, said Paul, not having mine own righteousness. There is a key to the whole thing. Which is of the law. Look at this word law. A custom or the observance of that which is approved by God. So the law. Remember, man is the one that required the law. They demanded of God a law. God never wanted to give the people a law. It was God's permissive will to give them the Ten Commandments. But because it condescended from God, it must be perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. Because nothing can come from God that's imperfect. But God knew before He gave it to them, none of them would be able to live it. So He said, you all want to live the way that's pleasing to me? All right, this is what it looks like. You know why He done that? To prove to them. You cannot, in any way, shape, form, or fashion, ever live close enough to be acceptable to me. You cannot live that kind of life. And even to this day, brother, sister, human beings within themselves are not able to live a life that is acceptable to God. You are born off the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So you say, brother, Ben, that puts me in a spot. What am I supposed to do? Receive the Holy Ghost. Be born again. I can't live it, but Christ in me can. <laughs> he's the one that can make you love and forgive and show mercy you of yourself it's impossible oh my that which is through faith of christ the righteousness which is of god by faith romans chapter 5 last scripture romans 5 10 and 11 for if we when we were enemies You've heard me say this before. It bears repeating. Allow me to say it one more time. When Jesus said, if your enemy smites you on one cheek, turn the other, he was telling us that because that's what he did with us. I probably probably would have no idea what the number looks like of the times I probably slapped God in his face and told him no way. What did he do? What did Jesus do? Turn the other cheek. He kept bearing with me and showing grace. And favor because he knew what my potential would be down the road come on somebody you don't turn your cheek if you're closing the door you don't turn your cheek if you're done with somebody if you're rubbing their name off the book of life he looked at Cain's that do like your brother and that'll be that never dealt with him not one more time do we ever find one more place God ever spoke to Cain again He slammed the door shut. But when Jesus said for you to turn your cheek to somebody else, that's because we are people of grace. And we believe in second and third and twelfth and 140th chances. We believe in leaving the door open so somebody can get right with God. It doesn't make you a pushover or a sissy or a coward. It means you're showing favor and grace to give somebody a chance to get right. Mm. Praise the Lord. And when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also join God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Look at this word atonement, what it means. My life may have been unfavorable. I may have been born unacceptable. But when he, glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. When he redeemed me, when he reconciled me, he restored to me and you his favor. You remember what it was like when you were a sinner? You couldn't get away with nothing. It seemed like nothing would turn right. Even if you were winning, you were still losing. I think of Brother Paul Baird in Minnesota when he gives his testimony about receiving the Holy Ghost. His dad was like one of the—he's uh, like one of the fathers of sonar, radar, and all kinds of science. To the very technology we use for cell phones, all come from that side. Sister Margaret, she was uh, her father was Time Magazine's Man of the Year, invented like open heart surgery and ways to cure cancers and all kinds of stuff. Here he was with his own business driving a Corvette around. Miserable in his heart as he could be. He didn't go to the Goodwill, GW fashions and pull suits off the rack, honey. He had them tailor-made a thousand at a piece. They said one day something spoke to him. (laughs) Miserable. We can think to ourselves, boy, if I could live high life. If I could have money. If I could. You could have all of that and still in winning. The world would look at you like you're winning and be as miserable as you can be. Why? Because you're living your life without the favor of God. This is why people commit suicide. This is why they take drugs. This is why they drink. This is why they commit adultery. Come on, preach to me a little while. This is why they give their life wholly to sin. Because they know in their heart nothing's going to get them through it. You don't believe it? Listen, watch the news sometimes. Turn the radio on and listen at them. Everything they say, there's no hope on the other side of it. Why? They live without the favor of God. But his favor does this for me and you. No matter how dark it might get in front of my face, no matter how bleak it may look, no matter how sick a man or woman might be, no matter how many trials they might go through, his favor is an open door that when it's time for me to go into that trial, day though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, And I can hear the door closing behind me. No escape now. (laughs) Too late to turn back. You're already in motion. Fighting the greatest battle that you've ever fought in your life. What's going to get you through it, friends? The favor and grace of Almighty God. I don't know how you feel. But I know within myself, I'm not smart enough to figure out everything. I know some people probably believe they can some people feel like they got the ability to Google everything, you know. They're Googlers. That's why they come sit in church and look googly-eyed at you. they got Google on their brain. <laughs> right? But I don't believe I've got all the answers, Brother Pat. But I know this much. When I'm standing in front of a wall, Brother Joseph, and I can't go above it, under it, around it, I just stand right there and wait. And God will make a way right through it. Mose, you believe that Bible? Yes, sir, I sure do. What if God told you to jump through that brick wall, Moses? He said, I believe if God told me to jump, God would put the hole there by the time Moses got there. No matter how dark it may be, church, no matter how dark it may get, his favor will always make a way when there seemeth to be. 838, I'm trying not to be long-winded, but you keep pulling, I keep preaching.
1: Praise His holy name.
4: How do I find favor? How? We've done proven. It's been proven at this church time and time again. I'm not not saying anything new. You know this in your heart. You know this is right. There's nothing we can provide within ourselves to accomplish nothing. Our righteousness, as we read, filthy rags, completely obsolete. There's no reason for me to say to God, God, I can do something. I'll live right for you. Even as I said at the beginning, making myself ready is not me making myself ready of me. It's God hands me the word. He hands me preaching. He gives me saints. He gives me all prayer and all these other things. And he says, all right, here's the material. You start building. How many times have you started building and built wrong? Misread the blueprint. Come on. You got the roof on the floor, the floor on the roof. You know what the scripture said? Every man's work will be tried by fire. You know what the fire is? Tests. Yes. Trials. Yes. God said, All right, you done building? Yes, Lord, I got a good old house. And I mean, the windows are on this side and it looks, <laughs> looks like something a five year old kid would draw a little crayon cartoon. All right, let's give her a test. He sends an earthquake your way. And I mean shakes are plumb to the foundation. There's bricks and rock and wood and nails and screws and everything laying all over the place. And then that's where we usually start going, oh Lord, oh, I'm probably not saved. I'm probably not born again. That old devil this morning, bless his holy name, told me I probably wasn't saved. It's not a matter of whether you're saved or not. It's a matter of you getting that hammer in your hand. And getting yourself back up on your feet. And dusting yourself off. And start building again. Let's sing You love the Lord? I'm just glad he let you build again. Thank you Lord.
0: Thank you Lord. Your grace. And mercy brought me through so many times, Lord. I am living there.
4: Say amen to that song. Can you testify? I've been through this, I've been through that, but here I'm standing here tonight and he's still making my mountain strong. Can you testify to that tonight? Sing it one more time and just with all of your hearts to say, Lord, I just want to praise you and thank you for making my mountain strong. <laughs> Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sing it, brother. (laughs) For
0: your grace Grace and
4: mercy
0: is brought me Somebody
2: now just help me worship me. Lord, thank you for bringing
0: me me through.
4: To the internet audience. May God bless you until service Sunday. God bless our Spanish audience tonight.